0: Can
1: you tell, can you tell that I'm hungover? Can you tell, can you
0: tell? You're doing better than
1: I expected. Really? Yeah, I think so. Well, I feel like poop I mean, we were late to the
0: studio because you were dead asleep on the couch. Okay, I'm not
1: the only person responsible for us being late. Sir, well, I expected... I fell into a,
0: a hole of Florida man stories. Yeah, in preparation for the pot, which is very different from napping on the couch.
1: I finished my duties and I decided that I needed additional sleep time, and so I took it. And then we realized <laughs> that we were really late to getting here, but we made it because we are a professional adults. Right.
0: That's right. So why were you hungover this morning?
1: Um I was hungover because we went to AfroBunk yesterday and we had the time of our lives. But before we get into that, we should probably tell you who we are. I'm Francesca. I'm Patrick. And this is last name Basis from Brick Radio. <laughs> We're four corners in a try and go. Why keep it 100-type optional? Badger. With a cussing from my desk to acting on the screen. You know who it is, man, it's well, Jessica Lee. He's a lawyer, she's an actor, bitch. And you're tuning to them live. This is Last, last Name basis. basis. You ready? <laughs> yeah, so okay. Ready.
0: <laughs> so what do you think of Afropunk? So yesterday was Saturday, the first day of the two-day festival. Mm-hmm. Tonight, Janelle Monae's playing, Erykah Badu's playing. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I think the only act I recognized was the internet. Okay. And we saw them. They were great. I saw a few other acts I thought were great, but what did you think?
1: Um, I felt like yesterday was super fun. I did feel like a lot of the musicians I saw were very mm-hmm. mellow, which I like. I saw her, one of my favorite artists right now, and Daniel Caesar. But admittedly, both of them are kind of down-tempo.
0: I felt like all of the people that I came across yesterday were reasonably relaxed. It was like compared like to
1: super what super chill. I mean, I was turnt, but the <laughs> yeah. music. But well, the music was not turned ter- <laughs> music, which probably just highlighted how wasted I was. Um, I did get some tweets this morning from people who were like, ah, I saw Ferdusca getting her entire life turned. Yeah. <laughs> you were out there. But but when you I was like that- dancing with strangers at one point, just walking up to people and being like,
0: ah! Oh my god. You know what I want to create? I want to create a virtual reality for like when you're hanging out with Fran drunk. <laughs> you know, you put the goggles on, and no matter where you look, her face pops up right in front of you, <laughs> six inches from yours, and just keeps talking and talking and talking and dancing and singing.
1: Everybody is friendly and happy when they have consumed alcohol, and I am the friendliest. Yes. You were grabbing people. I keep my hands to myself. No, you don't. I respect everyone's boundaries. I just like to have. I don't
0: think you disrespected it. I think it was very friendly and everybody got that. Don't say
1: I grabbed people. Well, you were not
0: like groping people. Okay, well in
1: this climate, saying that someone grabbed someone you could tank this whole podcast.
0: No, I saw you grab a few people and be like, let's dance, we're dancing together.
1: Mm. Okay, well I thought Afropunk was really great, but you said that you heard someone say that it was over, which I think is interesting. Like, How are you gonna be at a festival and say (laughs) it's over? If it's over, why are you here, son?
0: No, that's a good point, that's a good point. But they were saying Afropunk used to be free. Right. And And I never
1: went when it was free. And
0: it also used to be far more niche, whereas now it's extremely mainstream.
1: Yeah. I mean, niche in the sense that it really was a festival that was about punk music. And if you don't know anything about Afropunk, it's not just a music festival. They have a website. They do all sorts of events. It's now a global festival. They're not just uh, here in the U.S. They were also in South Africa last year. I Mm -hmm. think they're going to be back this year. Um, and they do all sorts of different things. Like they have merch and they also uh, have a website where they do reporting and a podcast and a documentary coming out. And so I think anytime something goes from being more insular and like indie to reaching more people, people are gonna feel some kind of way about it. And it was really True. founded as a space for black folks who didn't see themselves at punk and like hardcore festivals and shows because Mm -hmm. those are so heavily dominated by white people. But Afropunk now, I think they had a punk stage last year, but I don't.
0: I didn't see one this year, but I didn't go to explore. I wasn't there all day. I came sort of later in the evening and we stayed through a, you know.
1: Right, and I stayed between like three stages because that's where the people I wanted to see were at. But I don't know, I feel like the criticism is a little unfair, but I do understand for people who were looking for punk music, and then they get Janelle Monae, that's not punk music, that's very much mainstream, but it still is a space for like, black creatives, you know, you're seeing people wearing all these really cool costumes that you know they've put so much time into. It's very much like an artsy space mm-hmm. where these are people who might not feel like they fit in other places. And the thing we talked about before, a few years ago, you were very upset with me that I did not invite you to Afro right. Punk. Yeah,
0: you kept me from going to Afropunk. Well, you be- told me it would be a faux pas for I, me as a white person to I, show up at Afropunk. And I, I said, I respect say- that, and then I go on Twitter and it's just white people everywhere sharing okay. Their tweets and photos of Afropunk.
1: Right, okay. And then when I saw you with a bunch of white people, I was like, This is like your go to joke yeah. about that experience? Yes. When I was not pictured with Nary, a white person <laughs> at Afropunk, <laughs> not now, not then, not ever. I don't even want me to be in a picture with you at Afropunk. I don't know you, son. <laughs> this terrible. is what I'm saying to you is that, like, I get it in the sense that. Again, like there was a time where people really felt like, oh, it's not right for white people to be here. Sure. I'm clearly not of that mindset, but I wanted to be respectful. Oh, I completely understand. And so when I first went, I just said, look, I hear from people that it's a big conversation that was being had. I didn't wanna be that girl, Mm -hmm. and now I am that girl. And what you mentioned, it felt like people were being very respectful of this space, that they knew that they were guests in the space.
0: One of the things I really like about Afropunk, and the reason I don't think it's over, it was way overpopulated. They oversold this concert, and everybody they sold a ticket to apparently showed up because it was so packed, there were times that people couldn't move. When everybody was stuck in that really awful position, everyone was really nice. Everyone was nice. And really considerate.
1: Everybody was loaded up on deodorant, and I think that that is an important thing to add. Because That's
0: actually a really good point. Because
1: usually, listen, yeah. I have gotten onto a packed That's train a really car during rush hour to go to work, and I was like, some of y'all are funky up in here, and you are going to work. Son, you have a suit on, And you can't, like, wipe all the vital parts and not take a full shower. That's how some of (laughs) y'all smell. I'm just saying. No, I didn't even
0: pick up on that. I wasn't pushed up against one person that was like, oh my God, I'm going to die.
1: And, and like, this type of concert. And in the outdoor
0: heat in New York.
1: And this is a place where you know you got some all-natural folks. Mm -hmm. That is an environment for, like, lots of natural deodorant. And no shade, but all shade. A lot of that shit does not work. No. And so this is a space where you would see people using patchouli instead of taking a bath. Sometimes. That was not the case. Everybody smelled fresh. Everyone was nice. No one was pushing each other. My friend fainted and all of these people like came to her rescue with water and and snacks. It was just a very supportive mm-hmm. and encouraging environment. And
0: that's one of the things I really really like about Afropunk is that they really build themselves as a communal space, even mm-hmm. though obviously the focus is on African-American artists. Mm-hmm. They really go out of their way to try to make it as communal and friendly and positive as possible. They had giant banners that oh, said still- no racism, oh, they no sexism, no ableism. That's the environment they're looking to create. And in my opinion, Afropunk and other festivals won't be quote, over, as people say, until no, they decide so- to stop
1: doing the festival. Well, they had
0: a problem. I forget which festival it was, it was one of the main ones, like Burning Man or Coachella, one of these really big ones It started out with a smaller group of people who were really invested in the mindset. Well, my friend was telling me, because he goes every year, they used to have a wall where you could write things on it. Everyone mm-hmm. could sort of contribute, right? And people would write all these nice messages and very positive things like that. And over the years, it just became a wall of, like, dick drawings <laughs> and sexist comments and oh, call so-and-so yeah. for a good time and yeah. all, like, bathroom graffiti, Right. right. And at that point, they had to get rid of the wall. And I would say, at that point, that is definitely over. It's not what it was, and it's not going to be what it was again.
1: I don't really know. It's hard to say because... You are creating an event that is open to anyone, and you can't screen people and say like, "Are you going to write a dick joke right. on our wall?" Like, there's no way to know. And even when you have banners I up don't know, that man, say, maybe "That would be that could be part of the online registration process." <laughs> write yeah. a dick joke, and if it's a good one, you get to come in. If it's a bad one, that's then really good
0: though. Yeah, because you'll see whose dick jokes are based in misogyny and <laughs> whose dick jokes are based in like actual clean dick humor.
1: I don't know, you know what, I'm not gonna argue that it's impossible because- We just created a perfect system. I've been known to sling a few dick jokes <laughs> that are uh, <laughs> that are pretty good, you know what I mean?
0: Stop it. You are the one person that you have in mind right now. <laughs> that says so much, Fran. That says so much.
1: Okay, let's do a little bit of goings on about Brooklyn. Okay. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, what the hell is going on in Brooklyn? Another thing I wanted to mention is that we recently were guests on the only podcast about movies. We love Matt and Shahir. If you've never listened to their podcast, we've been guests. This will now be our third time. Um, and we were there talking about the Before Trilogy. I didn't even right. know that it was called that. but
0: So we were there talking about the Before Trilogy, which includes... Before Sunrise, before Sunset, and then before Midnight. I think that's in that order. And it's it's three movies that were filmed many years apart. Each about 10 years apart. And it follows this relationship between Ethan Hawke and somebody whose name I cannot recall.
1: Juliet something. Something. She's a French girl with questionable teeth. <laughs> but better. That movie, they got better.
0: Yes, she had yeah. some work done yeah. and the teeth were improved, I'll say. I personally did not love this trilogy. I'm not going to go into all this stuff because I want you to go over to the only podcast about movies and listen to what we had to say about it. It was a great conversation with three couples, myself and Francesca, and then Matt and Shahir and their significant others as well. So we all had pretty radically different takes on it. If you want the positive side, you'll definitely have to listen to Matt and Shahir's take.
1: We bring the hater aid. It was fun because they know us, but... Sometimes I feel like you don't really know that we're haters until <laughs> it comes true. to something that you love, right? Because we will just trash it and we do not I care. Know. And we spent the whole time, we were like bargaining with each other as we watched these movies. At one point, I had to go get dog food and we were both leaving the apartment while the <laughs> movies were the still part. on. Yeah, and Pat was like, You can't leave. And I said, I am leaving, I have something to do. And Pat's like, We have to finish watching these movies. And I was like, I, don't I wasn't, wanna no, watch no, the no. Movie. no,
0: the bargaining was this we decided that we we could independently leave the movie, but as long as one of us stuck around to watch the portions that the, the other one- The were so
1: boring, that we the, did not want to watch them. That
0: the other one wasn't watching. Right. That we were okay. And the bottom line there was that we didn't want to have to pause the movie, which would just lengthen l- delay. the entire yes. process. Yes, Um Which was hilarious. It was. I thought they were terrible, but a lot of people apparently have really strong affinity for this stuff, and to your point, we're on their podcast just trash talking, and then someone would say, I really, I really connected with that actually, <laughs> and I would, I'd be like,
1: oh right, oh, I'm right. a dick. Y'all actually liked this shit. <laughs> you brought us thinking that we were gonna have some deep intellectual yeah. thoughts right. about right. the films and like how they were shot and like yeah. the writing process and whatever. But
0: to be fair, there are a lot of deep intellectual thoughts to be had about it, and Matt and Shahir had a, had a lot of great things to say about it, actually. Somewhat convincing us that they may have been good movies for a moment. I know before we lapsed back into our haterisms.
1: Yes, I had a better respect and appreciation for the films after our talk, but I still think the movies are trash. <laughs> so you should definitely go check out the only podcast about movies because we did an episode with the with the guys about before hmm. the Before Trilogy.
0: Nah. <laughs> Here's the thing about the Before Trilogy you will collectively spend approximately 467 minutes looking into Ethan Hawke's face. Ugh. And if that's not a deal breaker, then you have to rethink your life course. <laughs> I mean, right? Wow, you are
1: you are really going for those burns again.
0: Sick burns? We commented on this last night. You said sick burn like six times last episode. I know, I did Who it on purpose. I did it on purpose. And what was your purpose?
1: Because it was funny and weird.
0: Yeah, okay, okay.
1: Subversive. To the healthy birds. To 2018, (laughs) to, to today's colloquialisms. I'm taking it back, vintage. Let's get lyrical. Let's get lyrical, lyrical. I wanna get lyrical. That was actually a corner name that was submitted by you, the listeners, for when Patrick deep dives into some of the hits that you know and love. We have a uh, suggested song from the audience. What song is it, Pat? It is Drake's In My Feelings. Mm. <clears throat> kind of an old song, but still a hit. People are really vibing to this song. I don't know it, so <laughs> you don't know. brand new to
0: me. You don't know shit. The intro goes trap, trap money Benny, which I think is a proper noun. Who I don't know. I should look up who Trap Money Benny is.
1: Mm. Be careful, be careful. He's probably a loan shark. You've gotten yourself into trouble before.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This shit got me in my feelings. Gotta be real with it, yeah. (laughs) That's a word, apparently. Yes, I know, I know. Kiki, do you love me? Are you riding? Say you'll never, ever leave from beside me. Because I want you, and I need you, and I'm down for you always. KB, do you love me? Are you riding? Say you'll never, ever leave from beside me. Because I want you. Because I need you. And I'm down for you always. All right, KB and Kiki are two different people. Yeah. I know this because in the second chorus is Risha. Mm-hmm. Do you love me? Mm-hmm. Are you right? But I mean, this is why and he's... JT.
1: But this is why Drake is in his feelings. Because he can't get a girl to commit to say that she wants to be with him. And that she's riding for him. Oh,
0: yeah. Okay, all right. That So makes sense. he's
1: going around and he's saying... Kiki, are you going to be the one? Risha, are you going to be the one?
0: <laughs> that is so desperate.
1: Listen, people...
0: He's like looking under rock. like, are you my
1: partner? Are you my partner? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. And that's why he's in his... Feelings. He's yeah. looking for somebody who's going to ride for him, who's going to be by his side. And, and
0: nobody does. No. Nobody wants it. But this is part of the problem, because later on in the verse, he says, I buy you champagne, but you love some Henny.
1: That's what I mean. His problem is that he's so concerned with someone riding for him.
0: He's not riding for them. He
1: doesn't know what they like. Yeah. Why would you buy someone a gift, an alcohol, a liqueur, and not know what they actually like, Drake?
0: This is, um... Rude. I feel like Drake has some soul-searching to do, mm, you know? Because mm. if he wants someone to ride for him, mm. he needs to appropriately ride for them. Ooh, preach And it. he's not doing a great job here. Tell him. I feel like this makes me like Drake more. Really? He's looking for somebody to have a serious relationship with. Yeah. Which is more than most people.
1: I mean, here's the thing. I'm not gonna give Drake that much credit because I ain't know if he actually wrote this song. Oh, he eh. probably didn't. I'm right. talking about the song. I don't I don't care. I know, I'm just saying, you just said I'm gonna give Drake credit. I'm just gonna right, say I'm on the fence about him because he has this very carefully cultivated persona that makes him seem like this really big mushball, this sweet guy who, mm-hmm. you know, loves love and whatever. but he's a skis in many ways. You know, before this album came out, it was revealed that he has a baby he' not taken care of. and, right, and right. then he had to do a song about it. And then he does these things where he talks about like, you know, liking pretty girls or whatever. but it's always like, oh, it's cause you don't have makeup on and you look better that way. And are you thinking about I feel like that's kind of endearing. No. Uh, I think that's one of the most backhanded compliments because it's very much still like policing a woman's body. Like, oh, I like you better without makeup. No, uh, you fucking don't. You don't know.
0: Better without makeup is different from I think you're very pretty without makeup.
1: I think that they still have this underlying thing of like your looks are contingent upon how I feel about them and usually when dudes say, oh, I, I like you better without makeup, they like you with natural looking makeup on because when you don't have makeup on, people are like, are you sick? Is something wrong? <laughs> You've been crying? And it's like, no, I'm not crying. I just don't have any makeup on. And people are like, damn, you look a hot ass mess. No, what you like is when I have my eyebrows Lightly filled in, a little bit of concealer and a little bit of mascara on—not a full glam. The exactly. Yeah, okay. I like when you do like a non-makeup like makeup. makeup Fran, I
0: think you look great with light eyebrows mm, penciled in thank and you. some modest mascara, maybe a touch of blush
1: oh thank you and then i love you oh <laughs> yeah see my strategy today at least is i'm hungover, and right. so i just like threw my glasses on on top of like not
0: yeah you still got your over 21 wristband on
1: yeah you know what i'm saying i love it when i get carded <laughs> kiki are you 21 <laughs> gonna card you oh Oh, yeah. That's a little awkward. You know what? I
0: (laughs) Listen. Oh, my God. I'm hungover. Kiki, are you legal? No, 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 no. Not legal. mm. Over
1: 21, Uh, meaning I would love to buy you a drink. How old is
0: Drake? 40-something?
1: No, he's like 27 or 28. Really? Yeah. He
0: reminds me of Ross from Friends.
1: Why? I have no idea. He just does. Let me tell you how old Drake is, according to one. I had no idea. Good for you, Drake. Look at you in your feelings <laughs> and in your 30s like a grown-ass adult. I think to my earlier points, mm. let's compare
0: Drake's portion of the song mm-hmm, which we were just mm-hmm. discussing to this which is listed as a breakdown by Lil Wayne yeah, it's, and it's Magnolia a, Shorty. This is
1: actually a sample. They're not on the song it's like a s- snippet from another song
0: gotcha just well, me make- that sounds lazy
1: <laughs> when you pay homage you're like you know what instead of just shouting out the song I'm gonna just put it in here I'm just gonna give you a little the respite from my song. song yes and now we're gonna have another song so yeah. that's what this portion I is I
0: like that though I feel like we that- should do that
1: with podcasts
0: just insert someone else's podcast yeah well, we we're really like, like this podcast we believe that you might like this other podcast a little bit better and so to improve our podcast we yeah. are going to insert this better podcast New into the middle of podcast our
1: podcast. sampling. That's a new thing we're going to start doing.
0: <laughs> Not hardly, but okay.
1: <laughs> what is the Lil
0: Wayne sample? Well, for comparison to Drake's lyrics, mm. Lil Wayne has this to say, skate and smoke and rap. Mm. Now let me see you bring that ass, bring that ass, bring that ass back. Mm-hmm. But bring that ass, bring that ass, <laughs> bring that ass back. Shorty say the Patrick she with can't hit it. But Shorty, I'm a hit it. Hit it like I can't miss now let me see you clap that ass, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Now, if you are new to the pod, you might not know that Patrick, because he is a white man, Mm -hmm. says his own name in place of the N-word. If you are a person of the non-melanated complexion, I encourage you to also employ this strategy. It is not only clever, but people enjoy it. people feel uh, appreciated and respected. If you do it, I just want you to uh, not be confused. Little Wayne is not giving Patrick a shout out.
0: I'm not in this song. Okay, great. But to be fair, I've internalized that mm, so much mm, because mm. I do it on this podcast and you know and sometimes outside of the podcast just mm. for fun. that um, <laughs> <but> if <laughs> you know when I'm singing, I'll just do it, even though I know nobody <laughs> no, understands where I'm you going You should with that. do it. I
1: like that. That's <clears>
0: good. But I've internalized that so much that if I, hear the N-word, I can be personally offended. I'm like, what? And I'm like, oh wait, no, that's not, that's not actually <laughs> He's allowed, a, I'm not. Right, I just replace my name mm, mm, for lyric purposes. Mm, mm, yes. But like, see, Lil Wayne, he's not looking for somebody not to in be that with.
1: song. in that oh, song. Oh, does he's... Lil Wayne
0: have a song where he's talking about like a I long-term will... relationship? Listen, I'm gonna
1: be honest with you, I don't listen to a lot of Lil Wayne's music, yeah, but what I'm saying is, we are complex people. And that means that we look for love, we also shake our asses. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And I think that there's something to be said when it comes to Lil Wayne encouraging a woman to use her booty in the way that she feels suits her and her lifestyle. Yeah, I don't think and that's that means- what Lil
0: Wayne's doing. I don't think he's supporting a woman's decision to yeah, make it clap. he is! He
1: is! No, no,
0: what he's doing is Asking for a woman to make it clap. Yes! It's very...
1: This is a great song. And so the song has. A you lot think of... Lil
0: Wayne would be like, oh, it's cool. Uh, what I want you to do is to do what you feel most comfortable I doing. I think
1: he is being That's very. That's what he's saying. I think he's saying it in an encouraging way to no. someone that is already like twerking their ass. Mm-hmm. And he is kind of like the cheerleader, uh, like the hype man for your butt. <laughs> I wish I had that I could be that Yeah, maybe I would be able to make my ass clap If I got a little more encouragement from you So think about that next time
0: Okay, alright Well you're going to pin your inability to clap (laughs) on me I like it
1: Anytime I can blame you,
0: (laughs) I will Right, right I think that's a great spot to end and move into
1: A corner that we all know and love It is Oh baby, baby Excuse me, I am... <laughs> you don't hurt yourself. I'm hungover. <laughs> it's been a minute since we've done this corner, and I just want to say very briefly that for this week's Oh Baby Baby, to let you and the listeners at home know that baby carrots are, in fact, a lie. Most <laughs> baby carrots are actually 100% made of normal carrots.
0: Duh, duh. They
1: are not babies at all, you're eating full-blown carrots dressed up appropriating baby culture. (laughs) They are usually imperfect carrots that are then sliced into smaller more sculpted, rounded little carrots for snacking. And they were actually developed because there was a time in the 80s where people were not buying carrots and they needed to rebrand. So this is kind of like capitalism, end stage capitalism. It's also
0: a little bit like White Lie Optional.
1: Yes! White lies, white lies. It's all of those things. Also the thing about baby carrots is I'm sure you've noticed this, they stay, quote, fresh for a long time you ever bought some baby carrots and like left them in the fridge?
0: Basically every time I buy b- baby carrots, because yeah. I think I'm gonna eat them and be healthy, and then they and then sit like, in there, I'm s-
1: like these suck, these I don't want to eat this. Yeah, the reason that they look fresh for so long is because they're soaked in like a chlorine solution, and that keeps them like.
0: Chlorine or like a briny, salty no, chlorine solution? chlorine
1: water solution. That doesn't sound and great. And that's why you should stop eating them, because not only are they fakers, not only are they liars, <laughs> They've been dipping in the pool before they hop into the grocery store. And that is something that I felt you all should know. And I think that I should, as usual, get extra credit for this segment because it is very difficult to find stories about babies that are not depressing. That's true. I have to dig deep. And this is what I decided to share with you for this week's Oh Baby, Baby.
0: Thank you for that. That was... um That was actually fairly enlightening. Not that anybody actually thought that baby carrots were baby carrots. I mean, I don't know. This is a young carrot.
1: Yeah, that was ripped away from its mother's <laughs> carrot Because everybody tit. knows
0: carrots travel in packs. Yeah, they do. And are very social creatures. And
1: they suckle on the little carrot titty, <laughs> and then they're just ripped away. Crying out
0: for their mothers. Yeah, that's
1: usually what happens. <laughs> I was enjoying that narrative, and I do feel lied to. <laughs> and in protest, oh. I will stop eating a vegetable that I you weren't wasn't eating really anyway. eating, wasn't eating at all. I don't know
0: if there's a corner for this, but somebody sent us this article about plant sex, Mm. or rather emotional relationships that can become physical relationships. With plants. With plants.
1: Ooh, that sounds like you. It
0: does sound like me. (laughs) And I said, "Hmm, this is very intriguing." Is and that
1: why someone sent this in?
0: Because of a, because of my plant obsession.
1: Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, absolutely.
0: That was that was why they sent Can it directly to me. Can I just say,
1: Patrick brought this plant from our friend's house, and it is on its last motherfucking leg, babe. It's doing a gangsta lean in the corner. <laughs> it's not even a gangstaline. It's not. It's like heroin addict about <laughs> to vomit. <laughs> Have you ever seen train spotting? That's what this plant looks like. It
0: looks like it has long shabby hair and it's doubled over. Yeah. Holding its stomach. And you about refuse to,
1: to do anything about it. And you're just like, no, he's gonna get better. Look at him. He loves it here. And I'm like, he doesn't even he know. He needs
0: time to acclimate, okay? Man, he doesn't know. He's come a long way. He came from Harlem. <laughs> <laughs> he came a long way down to Brooklyn. Did you
1: bring him on the train? I did. Oh, my.
0: He's like a 10-foot tall plant. That was half the fun of it. I was like, I'll take your plant, mostly because I'll have to transport it on the subway at near rush hour, and I want to see how this goes.
1: You're such a man. Why? Because, like, who looks at that and is like, oh, this is going to be fun? It was a I'm going to take a dying plant. It wasn't. It's, Has... He's going to make it. No, Don't baby. talk like that. He's not. He's going to pull
0: through. That plant is, well, like, I've 25 years old, have
1: Oh, question. That for plant you.
0: has history. Question. Yeah.
1: Are you fucking that plant? <laughs> <laughs> Are you? In my own home? In my own home? You can't even take your little hoe out in the street somewhere or go to her house? You bring her into my home? I feel like the, the plant has changed genders because at one point it was a dude. But you know what I'm saying. Are you? Just tell me to my face. No. Not that one. Hmm.
0: Because if I did have a preference, it would be the ponytail palm. Oh my
1: God.
0: Because she's gonna hold on to. <laughs> <laughs> so what is this? has got that one's got like junk in the root ball or whatever that is.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, you said junk in the root
0: ball. That yeah. sounds disgusting. Well, you know, ponytail palms have that big, gigantic, heavy root ball at the bottom. Mm-hmm. It's this broad yeah, base. I've seen
1: it. Yeah, I'm she saying, I'm flaunting saying, flaunting it in my face. She's every got some day. curves.
0: And that would be my preference because the new one, the one that looks sickly and ill, as you pointed out, mm-hmm. is like stick thin. In mm-hmm. fact, it is a stick. A
1: mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. very
0: tall stick with some leaves on top. Yeah. It's not a great looking plant.
1: Mm, I feel very Not tech- my
0: preference. Not your preference. I'm just saying.
1: So what did you learn about plant sex?
0: Well, this woman gave, she wrote a whole piece about how she grew up with a birch tree mm-hmm. on her property and she came to somehow love this birch tree and then she realized that her love for the bird's tree went beyond just some sense of affinity for mm-hmm. the tree. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she details how she tried to have sex with it many times in various different ways, wow. in basically every way someone can attempt to have sex with a tree, Yeah. and then realize that how she expresses herself sexually is as a plant and like the dog guys that we discussed previously on the podcast or
1: dress up as latex puppies
0: right and that was like sort of sexual but not always sexual right she sort of enjoys living and banging as as a plant
1: so she not only wants to have sex with plants she pretends that she is a plant when other people have she
0: has it. a full like green latex bodysuit that she wears adorned with leaves and plant-like things. Why everybody has to be in latex to do this? <laughs> or you wanna be a dog? Latex. You wanna be a plant? Latex. What do you like? What do you into? Care Bears? Latex. Ah. You're just like, How, what is going on here?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure what that is about. I don't know either,
0: but I say all that to say mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. or to ask this. Yes. Would you dress up as a sexy plant for
1: me? Fuck no. Why not? No. You wouldn't do that for me? no Not once. What have you... What, How about what, one of those little flower crowns? What do you dress up? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take I what I can that, get. <laughs> that's like a Snapchat filter, first of all. Second of all, yeah. what do you dress up as for me? That dusty-ass podcasting jacket can't even get an upgrade.
0: i <laughs> Stop it. And Now you want Stop. me to dress up as a plant? Stop attacking. And we discussed... Shopping for a new podcasting jacket, okay? So I'm uh, on it, all right? Patrick has
1: enlisted my help to find him a new podcasting jacket. And actually, if you spy a jacket while perusing the internet that you feel that would be great for Patrick to wear on the pod, please go ahead and tweet it
0: to us. Yeah, actually, I'd love some good suggestions.
1: Yes, please. I'm in the market. Help my husband. And also, you know, help my wife play along with this
0: whole plant thing for me. Because this is,
1: you know, maybe something...
0: Mm-mm. I'm joking, of course,
1: but I don't want to dress up like one of your little floozy plants. You already brought them into my home and have alluded to the fact that y'all are doing things behind my I'm back.
0: I'm not of the plants. I assumed they were all guys. I thought it was just like a bro, like hangout party. Okay, you know, it's not like that. Mm. You're safe. Thank you. There's no, there's nothing. I, I would never have sex with a plant. I feel
1: totally secure. Let's move into another new corner that was suggested by you, our listeners at home. My two cents. What am I going to do with some fucking pennies? This is not necessarily a sad conversation, but well, that's a little bit more serious. Something that has been kind of bothering me recently is oftentimes when a public figure dies, a celebrity or a politician, what have you... It seems like there is this rush for people to sanitize their legacy in order to show their respects. And I don't know, I just feel conflicted about it because Mm -hmm. I understand that it's not necessarily appropriate to start shitting on somebody like the minute that they have died, especially when people are grieving. Right. But also, this idea of like, you can't speak ill of the dead. I don't understand why as soon as someone dies, suddenly they are a saint. the bad things that they have done do not go away just because they have died. And right. again, I don't think that you should go like, I don't wanna like tap dance on anyone's grave. I'm not gonna like wag my finger in the face of somebody that's grieving. Or you would make a clap on somebody's grave. No, I, well I can't make a clap off a grave. So, <laughs> you know, that's asking a lot for me. I'm not about to do practice <laughs> sessions so that I can hit up somebody's grave and <laughs> that's enjoy funny. their death.
0: That is particularly vindictive.
1: I'm just saying that when someone passes away Way, I don't understand why suddenly there becomes this like referendum on acknowledging the harm that that person has caused or may have caused during their lifetime. And it, it frustrates me because. I hate this phrase, but like the virtue signaling of mm. like, look at what a nice, good person I am. Because even though this person <coughs> was awful, no. I'm going to focus on all the good, awesome, great things about them. Yeah. Instead of being acknowledging that there are some people who don't care if this person died.
0: Right. Yeah, that's true. I think there are a few levels to that. To your last point, though, the virtue signaling isn't great because that's essentially using somebody else's death to make you look go- to either make you look good sometimes, but even less nefariously just trying to use it to virtue signal because you're just you want to join the cacophony of voices in that space and say, hey, look at me, too. Right. And that is really not any more respectful than just saying something or being disrespectful of the dead, I think that's just as disrespectful because you're using somebody's death for your own personal gain. It, right. It's all about you at that point. Anytime somebody else's death becomes a matter of your selfish needs, it's not a great look, right?
1: I think when I think it depends. You know, like for people who are members of that person's family, like yeah, you are gonna have. But that's Very honest. strong you know feelings what I mean? about, like, right, exactly. I
0: didn't know Prince, and I wasn't a big Prince fan. You, less, listen, I'm
1: going to just tell you right now, be careful.
0: I'm not going to say anything bad about it. I know Prince, you're not, I'm just joking. But what I'm saying is, all these people came out, and I'm like,
1: I don't know that you were a big
0: Prince fan. And maybe he did have some influence, you know, you listened to his music, or you heard his music, and you appreciated it. Suddenly you sound like the biggest Prince fan ever. And for what? I don't think most of those people listen to Prince. A lot of those people listen to Prince nearly as much as they let on.
1: Yeah, I don't necessarily know. But they just sort of wanted to
0: join like that, right?
1: And that is something a little bit different than what I'm talking about. I do think that when someone of note passes away, especially with social media, it becomes this like competition to have the most insightful and heartbreaking or heartwarming thing to say about that person's passing. And oftentimes you do find people who don't really have anything to say jumping in because they want a tweet to go viral and they want to seem closer to that person in some way, shape, or form. And that's
0: compounding the culture on social media, which is jump on a thing so you can get retweets and views to support your channel. And And there's that element too, which makes it especially questionable in a lot of And this does
1: kind of tie into that because for people who might have done things that were provocative or problematic or controversial it seems like if you acknowledge that then somehow you're doing something wrong instead of putting that person up on a pedestal and turning them into a saint yeah when again like i don't love the idea of gleefully celebrating someone's death i personally don't see myself doing that, but if somebody has caused you a lot of pain, Mm -hmm. I can understand why some people will say, look, I don't have any tears, Ariana Grande, no tears left to cry for that person.
0: (laughs) I agree, there are plenty of people, both public figures, uh, not really any privately known people cuz most people are regular folks. No, but sometimes it could
1: thesis. be a, a private a person that you knew. It could knew. be, but if
0: you know one thing about somebody and it's that they like found you on the street as a stranger and beat you up, mm-hmm. then like their passing is probably not going to hit home for you. I mean, right. I can't blame anybody for being like I know one thing about a person. And it's that they caused me some harm. Right. If that's the only thing you know about somebody, it's really hard to find like some sort of pity. Yes, everybody's a full human being when it comes down to it. And to get back to our original conversation about suddenly having nice things to say about people who didn't do great things for us or did the wrong thing for our country, mm-hmm. especially in political positions. Mm-hmm. You know, on the one hand, you want to appreciate that they were a real person, whether they had shortcomings or not.
1: And they had family that loved and cared about and they them. they had family.
0: And now that they're dead, to be fair, there's zero threat posed by them moving forward. So it makes it a lot easier to say nice things because you will never have a problem from them again. Right. So there's that element. On the other hand, coming out of the woodwork to say, hey, this person was great. Thank you for your service and all that stuff. When the service did the country a disservice is also bullshit. So it's a balance between those two things where it's like, "Okay, this person is no longer a threat and he is dead and he was a real person and he does have a family. And maybe he was a great parent and all this brother, son, all of that stuff. And that's important. And also balancing that against the like, well, let's not pretend this person didn't do something that that hurt us yeah. or drove us in the wrong direction just, or encouraged something bad or hurt people specifically, whatever.
1: I do think again, this is another huge shortcoming of social media is that we've lost a lot of this nuance. You know, like mm. it's so hard for people to wrap their mind around the fact that you can be sad or you can have compassion for someone, but you can also acknowledge that that person. Was harmful or did things that you disagree with. And it's really hard to capture that in 140 characters or even a thousand word think piece. Right. But everybody feels like they need to sum it up with like a little bow. And if you don't do it in a way that they agree with, then suddenly you're dancing on someone's grave or, you know, in some instances, completely washing away all the bad that they've done. When in reality, we should be able to look at people as a whole human being mm-hmm. and say like, there's good and bad in everybody and sometimes there's a way more bad than good or yeah. vice versa.
0: And I think in most scenarios for the regular person who's contemplating this event or the passing of a public figure, a fair response is nothing. You don't have to have a take on somebody, yeah, you know? And you don't have to suddenly now have a take because they're dead. That doesn't make sense at all.
1: I feel like one of my biggest revelations of the past year and a half, and I really hope that you will give me some props on this, is that I found that you don't have to say something about everything. And it feels like, for me, such a huge weight off of my shoulders. Oh, I believe it. Because there are often times where I think, I don't have anything to say about this. Like, I'm completely ambivalent, and I'm not going to jump in just because everyone is talking about it. Everybody feels like they have to say something, and you don't always have to say something, especially if nothing you're saying is adding to the conversation. And I just don't see a lot of the things that I'm seeing about certain people Mm -hmm. really doing anything that I felt I needed to see, or right. moved anything forward in a productive way, or even comforted people. Sometimes it's just like, one time he stepped on my foot. It's like, okay, <laughs> great, right. uh, good, good for you, yeah. good for you. Yeah. So I don't necessarily know that we solved any great mystery. Here. No, no,
0: we didn't, but suddenly everything becomes a retrospective mm-hmm. in a day. And you're like, well, that person just passed, mm-hmm. right? So like, why do we have new thoughts? one day later? Why are the thoughts different one day later? And that's (laughs) worth examining, I think. I also wanna say that we're not talking about anybody individually here, and we're also not suggesting that if you do have something heartfelt to say about someone, you shouldn't say it. I think we're mostly talking about the sort of contrived thoughts that people have after somebody passes when they didn't really have any special thoughts prior.
1: And the rewriting of history.
0: And the rewriting of history is implicit in that, I think.
1: Right, absolutely. So that, is my two cents. But I shared them with you previously, and now we will move on.
0: People sent us this story, but in Ghana, they were meeting to discuss some public policy, government officials, and there are twee names for some small villages there that translate to vagina is wise, penis is a fool, and testicles are sad, and the government officials were chuckling to themselves, and this is why it became a news story. Mm. I just kinda wanted to share that. I just think it's kinda cool that there are some villages somewhere named Vagina is Wise, Penis is a Fool, and Testicles are Sad, although I would not
1: recommend visiting Testicles are Sad. I have to say that whoever named these places (laughs) is very perceptive. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you would say that. I mean, did they lie though? No, they told the actual truth. They did. I don't think the testicles need to be sad. Clearly they are, and that's why there's a whole new industry made to help make them smoother and happier and (laughs) bigger and better. People realize that they are sad and they need
0: help. I don't think so. I think the people in that village made the testicles sad. Mm. I think that's what happened. And that's why if you are a single, straight man, I don't recommend visiting Testicles Are Sad in Ghana.
1: Because if your testicles are happy, you're going to go there and they will become sad?
0: I'm worried that the location is what's responsible for making the testicles sad or the culture there. Mm. Whatever it is, the testicles are not happy about it. Penis is a Fool sounds like an amusement park. That sounds kind of fun.
1: Penis is a Fool sounds like an amusement park? I don't know. I picture
0: like dick clowns juggling (laughs) and like jester style. Oh, okay. You know?
1: I didn't think of
0: fool. And and Vagina is Wise sounds like a place you could learn a lot. But yeah, testicles are sad is not really a selling point for people with testicles. Just saying. Those are my two cents. You know what? Call it three
1: cents. <laughs> <laughs> and now it is time for a new corner The bouge. We have been asking you, the listeners, to send us your examples of times that you were bougie, and then Patrick and I will rate them on a scale of rags to riches to determine if you are actually bougie. If you would like to send us your bouge examples, you can do that by emailing us at lnbpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Patrick, what email do we have this week?
0: Today's email comes from Sasha, but actually before I get to Sasha's email, Jared has suggested a name for this particular corner.
1: Ooh, new name.
0: Yes, and Jared recommends that we call it In the Boudoir of Bouge.
1: Ooh, Boudoir of Bouge. Sounds pretty bougie. I love it.
0: I think we are officially hereby adopting it. Oh, I'm sorry. Madam President, thank
1: you. Do you have
0: the final say on I this? I do.
1: Thank you, Jared. This was a great suggestion. We will whip up a great intro for the boudoir of booze. <laughs> uh,
0: and actually, on the president note, Jared says we will definitely be voting for Fran in the twenty twenty podcast Ooh, elections.
1: Thank you. Uh, I'm so glad that I have your vote.
0: Yes, she is glad. Sasha says, I've been an avid follower since the first ever episode, and even though I'm not on Twitter, I've contemplating getting an account just to follow you guys. Sorry that might have sounded a little creepy, uh, but we understand you. I used to love Fran Snaps on Snapchat, even though she's not on there anymore, and love her on Decoded. I frequently share your videos. Thank you. Anyhow, I've come to tell you about my bougie tendencies. She says she works for a pretty high-profile Democrat in the state of Massachusetts as an organizer, and this job entails a lot of canvassing. She says that due to the weather, the last few weeks have been difficult, and the volunteers haven't been showing up for the canvassing, but her job is to go around knocking on doors, rain or shine. So here's where the bouche comes in. When it's too hot or it's raining, or she's just feeling lazy, she will drive her car from house to house while canvassing. I love it. She says she uses this time to catch up on our podcast, sometimes listen to some music, and stay cool and dry while she's working. She wants to know, is that bougie, Fran, Mm. rags or riches?
1: So, just to recap, Sasha gets in her car to drive from one house to the one next door in order (laughs) to do her job. So if she's in Massachusetts,
0: right, Mm -hmm. depending on where she is, that could be 30 feet or a quarter mile.
1: Yeah, I know. So I mean, I'm
0: assuming that she's driving when it's more like the 30 feet distance rather I than the quarter know. mile. I
1: like the idea of the houses being literally right next to each other. I think that's what she's, she's referring And she's in to. the driveway. She gets out, gets back in her car, and then drives to the next house so that she can have air conditioning, snacks, I'm guessing. Right. You know, the car seat has the little... Cup holders perfect for snacks.
0: Exactly. Mm.
1: She's also listening to podcasts, and I love the idea that she's listening to our podcast in 30-second increments as she drives (laughs) from one house to another. I am going to say this is bouge. I'm saying that this is of the riches variety. Because she could very easily walk from one house to the next, but she is looking for style and comfort, accessibility to snacks air conditioning, music. She realizes that in order to do her job to the best of her ability, not only does she want to be dry, but she wants to be comfortable. She wants to be hydrated. And these are the things that bouge is about. It's about indulging and taking care of yourself and making sure that you are the best that you can be. And not only is she doing this to make herself feel good, she's doing it so that she is the best representation of the person that she is working for when she's out there canvassing and speaking to the public. So I say that this is kind of the best kind of bouge. This is a bouge that gives back. Yeah, well, I
0: appreciate what she's doing. I would say this is very, very bougie. I'm on the
1: Put it on the scale. But
0: here's why. Put it
1: on the scale. I'm gonna give it.
0: From rags to riches, it's definitely way above pauper. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's old money.
1: This is three times your salary in your savings account.
0: Right. This is like 6 months' savings. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. Know? It's up there, but it's not all the way up there, I should say. Because we not, don't
1: know what kind of car she has. It's
0: not entirely gratuitous. Oftentimes, the weather and the heat and things like that cause her to want to use the car as sort of, you know, to keep dry, to keep cool and all of that. So there's a practical element to it, too. But she does say she's just lazy. And to be fair, if you are walking back to your car down a driveway, starting the car up, shutting the door, driving for exactly 0.3 seconds to the next house, turning the car off, getting back out of it, that is pretty pretty bouge. Yes. That's bouge. I agree. it's up there on the scale, but it's not at the top. I'm going to go with leaning towards riches.
1: Okay. Well, Sasha, thank you for sending us your bouge. It is clear that us chastising you worked. Great.
0: (laughs) So I've been seeing these articles and pieces on how Florida isn't so bad yeah obviously this is in response to all of the florida man hype that's just sort of out in the ether people Mm -hmm. love ragging on florida we do it there's the florida man like twitter and reddit handles and all of these things so everybody is familiar with the notion that florida is a sort of mill for terrible stories about terrible people doing terrible things yes but now i've seen these pieces come out that are all like, oh, cuts Florida some slack. Yes. Or, or here's why Florida's not that bad. Or Amen. here's why Florida's actually really good. Uh, it's a very attractive group of people, right? Like there are a lot of sexy people in Florida. Really? Or, yeah, I saw that in one of them. Okay. That point in particular was they weren't better looking. They were just sexier. And part of that was because people just dress a certain way. They show more skin, you know what I mean? They okay. do things that people consider to be sexy, okay, but other things too that are meant to defend Florida's reputation. Why? Because A, they didn't do a great job of defending Florida, and B, I don't think there is a defense of Florida. There
1: should be. No,
0: it's usually like the weather's great and we have awesome beaches. It's like, okay, yeah, but the
1: environment that you guys are creating down there is not fantastic. No, 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 I have talked about this before. Florida gets a bad rap, not because weird, awful stuff only happens in Florida. Wait. Okay. It's because there it's 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 built into the the justice system there that there is a freedom of information act, which means that when people get arrested, that police blotter is made public immediately, even before charges have actually been filed. So sometimes these stories that are weird get picked up only because they're accessible to journalists, not necessarily because they're actually the true story or they're weirder and more prevalent in Florida. These things happen everywhere. They just don't become national news listen, because they're not I available agree. for everybody. To, I agree. To, I mean, listen, and we on take top advantage of, that, of it. And I get on, it.
0: There are laws, and I think they're still in place, that allow the press to enter your home as if they're police when they're with the police. Right. Meaning you can't, you can't tell somebody who is not a police officer not to come in your home if they are accompanying Police, Hello, cops. Which That's why it takes place happens. in
1: Florida. Right. Right. And so I am here for anybody that is going to take up the mantle and say, I will stand up for Florida. Will you stand with me? And I will. As a woman of Florida, as a W.O.F., I believe that it is our duty, just as much as we make fun of Florida, mm-hmm. to also say that it is our home. And it birthed you and I it birthed some great people that we know and love.
0: And I am not disputing that.
1: You just said that you had a problem with articles trying to defend Florida.
0: I do have a problem with the articles trying to defend Florida. Well. On non-specific grounds. I do. I have the problem because why why don't you just listen to my Florida man and see if you still want to take up the mantle for Florida?
1: Okay. Florida. Florida man. man. Before we jump into Florida Man, if you are new to the pod, Florida Man is a game where one of us brings a number of Florida man, woman, or person headlines to the pod, but one of them is fake. And we are not just crapping on Florida. We are real-life POF, people of Florida born and raised.
0: So here we go. Today's Florida Man is not about individual Floridians. Mm. It's about Florida as a state, as a rebuttal, to these pieces that I see attempting to defend Florida.
1: Wow. Yes. Okay. How many headlines? Twelve. What?
0: Yes. Six women accuse Florida Senate Budget Chair Latvala of groping sexual harassment. Number two, after scandal, Florida Senate ready to make sexual harassment a crime. Number three, Florida sold guns without background checks for a year because of a forgotten password. Number four, Florida ranks second in nation with the most hate groups. Number five, Florida Republicans don't really understand why it's racist to compare black people to apes. Number six, Florida regulators find problems in nursing homes, but don't follow up. Number seven, why Florida is struggling with an unusually severe HIV AIDS problem. Uh, Spoiler alert, it's because of heroin addiction. Number eight, Florida private schools rake in nearly $1 billion in state scholarships with little oversight. Number nine, Florida ranks near bottom in public school spending. Number 10, Florida GOP takes voter suppression to brazen new extreme. Number 11, according to Integrity Florida study, Florida is the most corrupt state in the country. And number 12, Florida government does something, anything, to help improve life for its citizens. Which one is the fake headline? Number 12. Thank you. I rest my case, counselor.
1: I am disappointed. I am stunned. I am dismayed by those headlines. And I know that they are true. Because Florida is a broken state in a broken country. There are shitty stories and policies and lawmakers and officials and police officers and schools around the country. All I am saying is that people have turned Florida into this punching bag in order to turn a blind eye to the problems in their own state and throughout the rest of the country, and they're not actually doing anything about it. They are just deciding that they are going to laugh at or point the finger at Florida, and again, it is awful the things that are happening in our home state. I am embarrassed on a regular basis by the things that are happening in Florida. But- And I'm
0: not suggesting that other states don't have- Well that's
1: what I'm saying. A lot of problems as well. That's what I'm saying is that it turns into like, look at how awful Florida is, let's post that gif of Bugs Bunny cutting Florida from the rest of the country, when real talk, son, lots of places in this country are fucked. And I just feel like I don't have much to be proud of. You feel me? (laughs) I want to be proud of Florida sometimes. We don't pull through very often, but I'm trying to find a silver lining. I love my hometown. I'm happy when I get to go home and see my friends and family and wear flip-flops every day and be in the sun and have central air.
0: Nobody's saying that there's nothing good about Florida. I'm just pointing out that there's a whole lot wrong with Florida. That's all I'm saying. I get it, we're from there, but the reason I'm doing this is because I'm from there. Mm. And because- Mm -hmm. Tough love. I mean, come on, in the subways here, we have posters about who to call if you see somebody who's homeless and in need of shelter in the winter time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Did you ever see anything like that in Florida growing up? Because in the winter,
1: that's where homeless people go, is Florida. I know. <laughs> I'm Maybe. just saying. I, I
0: didn't mean something specifically like, related to cold pub- weather. We
1: also don't have public transit in Florida. I
0: know, Florida. I'm not asking you if you ever saw a sign on a train then in Florida. what are you
1: asking me, counselor?
0: If you saw things that were designed to promote public wellness for the less fortunate in Florida while you lived there. I did not see very much of that. And that's my point, but I did see a lot of people in need. And I saw a lot of income, like extreme wealth gaps. You've seen that, like there that is. All, those
1: ex- are and those are also and I'm not here. saying
0: I'm not saying those things don't exist other places, including New York. But mm-hmm. I am saying that Florida has a pretty rough time of it and doesn't appear to be doing as much to make things better as it could be. Okay. And I think I a lot don't... of the stories that we see that are so awful are a result, not a broken system but a broken culture okay. in a lot of
1: ways. Well, I don't disagree with you. I just really thought that we were going to end this podcast with a funny. It would have been fun, but
0: you made it serious.
1: No, you made it serious, son. You came up in here with all of these really sad headlines. You know what happened well, we to like a left. dude with an alien in a in a convenience store. What happened to, you know, <laughs> <laughs> a lady with a duck setting yeah. a car on fire. Right. What happened to someone? Someone
0: eating someone else's face. What
1: happened to someone? What happened someone, to the
0: good times? You
1: know, putting cocaine on a donut. <laughs> I wanted something light and fun for Florida man, and you decided to take it in a different direction, well, and I felt sometimes obligated. sometimes you have to be real.
0: Sometimes you have to be honest. I think this is a good learning experience. I think everyone's learned a little something from this, and it was worth saying, and I'm glad I did. No regrets.
1: And that concludes this week's episode of Last Name Basis. Patrick, how do you feel? I feel fantastic. Well, I do as well. We would love to hear what you thought about this week's episode. You can do that by emailing us at lnbpodcast at gmail.com. You can also send us your dreams, your booze, your listener letters, questions, asking for advice. You can also hit us up on Twitter, correct, Patrick? That's right. Woo! (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is like when you forget your own phone number because you're not dialing it, you know?
1: You can use the hashtag last name basis or you can tweet us individually at Cheskali
0: At Tye Optional. We would love to hear from you.
1: We would love to hear from you. <laughs> I know the Gerald. Exactly. You have to say it just like that I feel great. And I hope that you all enjoyed this episode. Please let us know what you thought about it by emailing us at lnbpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can send us your dreams, your listener letters, your booge. You can also tweet it to us using the hashtag last name basis, Or you can tweet us individually at Cheskalee.
0: Or at Ty Optional. And of course, you can always leave us reviews on iTunes. We always appreciate them. Here are a few that some of you have sent in recently. This one from Apprehensive Angel. Fran and Patrick are hilarious, and I feel like they're my best friends, even though I know we're strangers. I was listening to their newest episode while walking down some stairs. I nearly tumbled to my death during a particularly strong giggle fit. Fast forward 20 minutes, and I almost choked on my green tea after having another laughing jag. 1010 would recommend. Or this one from Michelle R. You guys are so cute and funny, new to y'all podcast, and I'm about and I'm for Patrick to be called son. LOL. You guys play off each other and I love it. Keep sending us your thoughts at our email address and keep rating us on iTunes. We always love to hear from you.
1: And before we go, we have some very exciting news. We will be doing a live show with WNYC for a new show that they have called The Podcast Mixtape on October 22nd at The Green Space. Stay tuned to our Twitter and to our website for more details, or you can go on WNYC's website to get your tickets. We are so excited. It's going to be really, really fun. We are working on maybe having some special guests. And WNYC is definitely a friend of ours and Brick, so we're really excited to be collaborating with them very soon. I'm Patrick. I'm Francesca.
0: And this was Last Name Basis from Brick Radio.
1: And that concludes this week's episode of Last Name Basis. Patrick, how do you feel? I feel fantastic. Well, I do as well. We would love to hear what you thought about this week's episode. You can do that by emailing us at lnbpodcast at gmail.com. You can also send us your dreams, your booze, your listener letters, questions, asking for advice. Um, you can also hit us up on Twitter, correct, Patrick? That's right. At lnbpod...
0: What? Shit. lnbpodcast? Last name basis? At last name underscore basis? <laughs> this is like when you forget your own phone number because you're not dialing it, you know?
1: You can use the hashtag last name basis or you can tweet us individually at Cheskali.
0: At optional. We would love to hear from you. We
1: would love to hear
0: from <laughs> I know the you. drill
1: Exactly. You have to say it just like that.
0: Last name basis is hosted and produced by Francesca Ramsey and Patrick Condis. Our executive producer is Sasha Mathias, and our associate producer is Emily Bogosian. Our audio engineer is Onel Moulet, our videographer is Curtis Boone, and our show is recorded at Brick House in downtown Brooklyn. For more information, visit brickartsmedia.org radio. You know what I like? I like that you were like, if you gave me some encouragement then maybe you too would be making it clap I think from now on whenever you do something and I want to encourage you and and support you instead of saying great job I'm just gonna say make it clap
1: (laughs) okay thanks I like your encouragement yeah I already feel my butt cheeks getting a little closer and further apart
0: make it clap Fran